Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Why are the police here? We're looking for Jen Shaw. Holy sh! What the f- is going on? She just left. Wait, Jen? I thought you were asking about Jen. You guys, what if she's on the run? How did they know she was here? Somebody had to have told them she was here. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. That was a clip from the season two premiere of The Real Houses of Salt Lake City. And this season's going to be a doozy. That opening few minutes to me was some of the best television we've ever seen on Bravo. And I normally don't like when they do that thing where it's like, here's a scene and then we're going to flash back for the rest of the episode two months earlier. I normally don't like that. But I thought the rest of the episode was thrilling. But that opening scene, you guys, when the feds were coming on the bus saying, where's Jen Shah? Which, by the way, I don't believe that that was the voice of the feds. I don't think that was the FBI. Because did you notice they had to blur out the FBI faces? So if they had to blur out the faces, I imagine they also couldn't use the voices. So I think it was a Bravo person, a producer, editor, PA, I'm not sure who. But I think somebody had to dub the voice of the FBI. And to have that job, honestly, is a dream. You know, it's right up there with First Wives Club choreographer for me in terms of dream jobs. Because I would love to just get behind the microphone and have to be the voice that says, we're looking for Jen Shaw for the season premiere Uh, because it was thrilling not all the gals were on that bus though we were missing meredith and sister mary so at this point we don't even know that sister mary knows that jen shaw was arrested mary did you know (laughs) mary might not have known uh but at least the camera crew was there i thought it was great and my favorite part of that whole bus ride scene situation was after the gals took off for their cast trip after jen had gone on the run uh, they were on the bus, and Whitney had her phone out, and she was getting the news in real time. And as she delivered the news to the rest of the women, she's like, I got fucking chills. She was so excited. I've never seen Whitney that alive. She was so excited. She said she got the fucking chills. I have the no. chills. <laughs> she was so excited. She was. She's like, you guys, it's fraud. It's fraud. I got the fucking chills. Jen's, uh, she did the fraud. She did the fraud, you guys. She, I got the fucking chills. I have the no. Chills. I have the fucking chills. She's she's doing the fraud. That's the FBI. They're going after her for the fraud. You know, she was trying to relay the information. And she was elated. Like, the serotonin was flowing through that Whitney Rose's body in that moment. And the rest of the gals were kind of sitting around trying to figure out what this all means. And is Jen Shah okay? And what's are we involved in this because of the camera crew? But not our dear Whitney Rose. She was just like, I got the fucking chills. You guys, she did the fraud. She did the fraud. I, I swear she was going to start singing uh, all the Live Long Day, or what was that song? The What is that song from Snow White? Uh, <laughs> what's that song about them working on the train all the Live Long Day? I don't know. I don't even know what I'm saying. I'm just feeling good. I'm feeling like we got ourselves a season here. I got the fucking chills talking about these women, because this was that opening, I just think, eh, nothing better. And I love when they're on those big fucking buses. The best shit happens in Bravo history when the women are on those big-ass buses sometimes those buses have a stripper pole nothing better remember that orange county they were in ireland they were going to the airport on one of those big buses and we saw that night vision stuff 
I wasn't sure if I was watching The Real Housewives or Paris Hilton sex tape because it was that weird night vision. And uh, that's always when the best stuff happens, when we got that buzz. So it was thrilling to me, you guys. I thought it was so, so good. We're going to talk about the rest of the episode. Also, we're going to break down Potomac, which I thought was a great episode as well. Uh, we're at embarrassment of riches at this point, because we also got Beverly Hills. We're not talking about that on this episode, but you can listen to those recaps. We do a separate one. But it's just like a great moment in Bravo history. And I just feel grateful. I want to say a shout out to all the people at Bravo who are giving us this world-class entertainment Again, some of the best TV between Salt Lake City, Potomac, and Beverly Hills. Uh, it's just a golden era. It's just, a, I mean, I talked about Snow White. That, that was the golden era of animation. We're in the golden era of old ladies getting uh, charested on camera for us. Truly just thrilling, thrilling stuff. Uh, before I get more into Salt Lake City, though, I do have to tell a quick story about my mom. Because, you know, you guys know Linda Pellegrino, the original Queen Icon legend. We, You know her, we love her. And I always tell you guys, my mom's got problems with the critters. She's back in Ohio, Northeast Ohio. She's always got some issues with the critters. She had the bold-ass woodpecker, all that stuff. And so this morning, she called me with a new critter problem. And I just had to just, I had to impart this to you guys because it was making me laugh so hard. So I called my mom this morning. I was like, so what are you guys up to today? What are you and dad doing? You know, anything special? She's like, Dan, you'll never believe it. And I was like, what happened? She's like, I went outside this morning, and I started uh, hosing down my gardenias. She said, I, I got the hose out, was hosing down my gardenias, and then I was cleaning off the driveway with the hose, you know, washing the driveway, hosing down my gardenias. And I had a feeling, Dan, I had a feeling that the gutters were clogged. And I was like, what do you mean you had a feeling the gutters were clogged? She's like, I had a feeling. Mom's got mom's intuition. You don't understand what that is, but I got intuition, Dan. She said, I thought the gutters were clogged. And so I call your father. I said, Gary, you need to get out here and clean these gutters. I, I called your father. I said, I'm going to clean these. I'm going to hose down these gardenias in the driveway. And I told him to get the ladder and he needed to go up into the gutters and, and just clear them up because I had a feeling, Dan. I had a premonition. It's mother's intuition, premonition. Call it what you want, Dan. But I felt that the gutters were clogged. And it's fall, Dan. It's about, we're about to have all sorts of stuff coming down. The leaves fall here and away. We got all sorts of stuff. So I, I knew I had to have Gary clean the, the gutters, Dan. So I call your father and I say, Gary, you need to get out here with the ladder. Your father, he was on the couch trying to take a nap. I said, you need to wake up, Gary. You need to clean those gutters. I have a premonition. So your father, he reluctantly grabbed the ladder. And I'm right by him with the hose. You know, I'm hosing down the driveway and watering my gardenias the whole nine, Dan. So I'm right by him. He gets a bucket. He puts a bucket down because he notices the gutters are clogged. He hasn't cleaned them in Lord knows how long. I told him to clean them last year. I don't think he did, Dan. So he gets a big bucket, a big ass bucket, Dan. He puts it right on the bottom of the ladder and he goes, he climbs that ladder. I'm right underneath the ladder, basically. I wasn't underneath it, Dan. That's bad luck. You should never stand underneath the ladder, Dan. But he climbs up the ladder and I'm right, right near it. He's got the bucket right by my hose and he climbs up there and he's throwing all sorts of leaves and gunk and all sorts of stuff there. And I notice my hose isn't working. Something's wrong. So I'm checking the hose. You know, I'm bent over. I'm trying to check. I'm right by that bucket. All of a sudden, Jan, I see something flying from the high heavens, and your father had thrown it from the gutters. It was a dead squirrel, Dan. <laughs> Dan, your father threw a dead squirrel at my head. It almost clocked me right in the head. So I, I say, Gary, you almost hit me with a dead squirrel. He said, sorry, Lynn, it was in the gutters. We had a dead squirrel in the gutters. Your father almost hit me in the head with it. I couldn't believe it, Dan. I was so upset. Your father's just not paying no attention. Not paying no attention to what he's doing with everything in his gutter. How do we even get a dead squirrel in the gutter? I don't know, Dan. 
but there was all sorts of stuff in there. And then your father almost said, I was ready for a divorce. He almost hit me with a dead squirrel. He's lucky I love him. God bless that man. I love him. Love him to death. Can never leave him. But he almost hit me with a dead squirrel. If there was one thing I was going to leave him for, it's for the fact that he almost hit me with a dead squirrel at the beginning of fall. Hey, can I believe it, Dan? A dead squirrel coming right up my knocker. I look up to the high heavens. thought I saw Jesus. Nope, it was a dead squirrel, Dan, coming at my head in the bucket. I couldn't believe my eyes and ears. It scared me half to death. It scared me half to death, Dan. So anyway, my mom, they had like an issue with a <laughs> gutter was blocked by a dead squirrel, which is truly terrifying me. I couldn't even imagine if a dead squirrel was flying at my head. I would lose it too. But, you know, next time my father maybe should just give her a heads up like, hey, Lynn, I'm going to throw a dead squirrel into the bucket right by your head, you know, and maybe don't toss uh, animal carcasses. Maybe that's a lesson for us all. If you find an animal carcass, you don't just toss it in a bucket willy nilly. You at least give some people a heads up. Luckily, she did tell me my dad was wearing gloves. So, you know, he was he was all good. But I don't know how it happens. You know, the critters, they get in all sorts of places. You got to clean them out. You got to figure it out. But apparently it gets in in gutters. But my favorite part of the whole story is just that my mom had a premonition. She was like, there was no reason. She didn't have, like, there was no, like, specific reason that the gutters were clogged. It was just like, you know, I have a feeling in my gut. And I do believe mothers, women have intuition that I'll never have. You know, she had a feeling that the gutters were clogged, and she was right. There's a dead uh, animal carcass. Excuse my language. But it's just what happened. Dan, he flew it right at my noggin, Dan. Dead squirrel flying right at my noggin. Right from the high heavens. Just a squirrel. Thought I saw Jesus. Nope, it was a dead squirrel flying at my noggin. Anyway. <laughs> oh, it made me laugh, Linda. Luckily, they made it through. Didn't get divorced over the dead squirrel flying at her noggin. Uh, anyway, okay, so you guys, back to Salt Lake City Housewives. So, again, we open on this whole arrest situation. They're all finding out in real time. Jen Shaw left, and that whole phone call, that whole situation where Jen Shaw picked up the phone and then told Whitney to turn off her mic, I mean, that was gripping. The, just uh, even talking about it to you guys now, just picturing in my head that weird camera angle of the we saw the camera and then we saw Jen Shaw like behind the camera on the phone looking directly into camera, realizing like, oh, shit, I got to get my mic off. And I also wonder, normally the cameras can pick up some of the conversation on the phone call, because even if you don't have it on speakerphone, I feel like the the speakers on phones are loud now. So I wonder if they just like muffled that and are going to show it to us later. That's the feeling I sort of got. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, I think when we finally get to that scene later in the episode or later in the season, which I think it's going to come probably about halfway through the season, I wonder maybe they'll play the audio from from Coach Shaw uh, because I bet they picked up a little bit of it enough to like maybe subtitle it, and that's my feeling is like they'll give it to us later unless maybe they didn't get any of it. I don't know. I don't know that to be true. But I felt like we got a good amount. And I know there was so much speculation of like, how much are we going to get in the season? Are we going to see her getting arrested? And we didn't actually get arrested. It happened 12 minutes after she left. But I thought it was it was good. And they were all trying to figure out like, where the fuck are you going? You know, I love Lisa Barlow. It was like, I, I brought tequila. And she was trying to figure out like, what's going on with Jen Shah? Why is she leaving? And uh, our dear Heather Gay was worried. She's like, I can sense your energy. Heather Gay could sense her energy. That's mother's intuition, too. <laughs> she said to Jen when she was leaving, I can sense your energy is off. And uh, Jen Shaw was on the run. Next thing you knew it. And it looked like she got in a production van. And so I do wish there was footage. Like, anyone who's in that production van, I feel like, should have popped on a camera. Like, while the feds were coming after her, uh, I think one of them should have popped on a camera. I know they can't do it all, and they're probably busy, and maybe they, maybe they did and couldn't use it. I'm not sure. 
But as it stands, I think those producers did a real bang up job. And I just want to salute them. I want to give them praise. I don't know. Give them it all. Give them the flowers. Give them some gardenias because they really gave it to us. And and then the big question was like, who tipped off the feds that day? How did they know they were at Beauty Lab and Laser? Now, I think they would have just known that they were at Beauty Lab and Laser because they would have had a production schedule. So I bet you the FBI contacted Bravo or whoever to find out the production schedule. Or I don't even know if they have to contact. I bet they could just figure that out. I think you have to clear a place for filming. So maybe they could find some sort of records that said uh, these women were going to be filming at Beauty Lab and Laser. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure exactly who tipped him off, but I don't think anyone actually in the cast did the tipping of the off. Unless it was, I do think maybe it could have been Brooks Marks, because he had some vengeance. He had some reason for revenge. Because Jen Shah has been liking tweets that he uh, is a big a, a gay. And so, of course, uh, Brooks Marks got a vendetta. And so I do think that he could have uh, tipped him off. But otherwise, I think maybe the FBI just found the production schedule. And it's like, we're going to go to Beauty Lab and Laser. We're going to hop into that 50-minute parking spot. And we're going to arrest her. We're going to show arrest her. And then they ultimately couldn't do it because Jen Shah was tipped off earlier by Coach Shah. And she got on the run. Ugh, I can't believe this is real life. Like, talking about this show, it's like wild to me that we're getting it as a reality show. I'm just feeling good, feeling great, feeling grand. Okay, so then after all that, we go to two months earlier. And I love all the snowy scenes. You guys know that. We got the mountains. We got Park City. We are immediately in the new Jen Shah Chalet with Marilo. I think that's how you say his name. Forgive me if it's wrong. But Jen's second assistant, she reveals that this is the second house that she rented. It's a different one than the one we knew from before. And Lisa arrives. I love it. I love your new house. I love. I love it. Lisa Barlow, you guys, to me, is going to be the star of the season. I'm just feeling it. I just feel it in my bones. I'm not sure. Maybe we won't feel that way at the end of the season. But right now, I love this. I just love that she just loves everything in that sort of monotone voice with like zero excitement. I love this. Oh, I love this. And that's all she said. The only adjective she knows. There was a moment later in the, in the episode when she was talking to the new woman, Jenny, and they were like talking about how she got out of Vietnam. And there was this whole thing about like uh, boats and Thai pirates. And Lisa was just like, I love that. <laughs> it was like, the most really intense story, like a really emotional story about this woman escaping Vietnam and Thai pirates. And, and Lisa was just like, I love that. <laughs> oh, it made me laugh. Anyway, so uh, Lisa shows up at Jen's new chalet, which, by the way, there was all these rumors that like they didn't. We all knew that they rented that first one. But then there were all these rumors about some like shadiness with that first one. And now they got a second one with an even bigger closet. And I do believe that this one has more like personal touches because that was my problem with the first chalet was it so clearly didn't have like many photos around and it didn't feel personal to me. Maybe there was like a couple photos scattered, but none of it felt like they lived in. And I feel like they tried to make this one look more lived in. That closet was insane, though. It looked really, it looked amazing. And then Jen is talking about all the shoes and purses she has, which we know that's not a smart idea uh, when you're on the run from the law. You don't talk about your finances. We're learning that from Bamboozle Jane on the Realhouses of Beverly Hills. You got to be careful what you say on these shows. Now, uh, Jen was bragging about all the shoes and purses, and now she's on the run. And I know we already talked about the taglines, but I still can't get over the fact that she uh, references that the only thing she's guilty of is being shamazing in her tagline. Like, that is wild. Wild. Can we even... I can't even believe that that was a thing that she thought would be a good idea. 
crazy to me. All of it's crazy, and I love it. Okay, so then uh, Jen says that her and Lisa are very close, but I believe that's a lie. I don't think those two are really close, but there is this weird situation where uh, Lisa Barlow is really mad at weather, which is, of course, of Whitney and Heather. Bad weather, tornado. Now, that is a, a relationship that's not going to be really uh, fixed very quickly. And then we also have the Jen and Meredith drama, where they were at odds at the end of last season. And I think there are two very different situations, because the Meredith-Lisa-Whitney thing, I think, Meredith is just mad because Lisa's pretending to not know her in college. Like, that's just a little bit of a miscommunication, if you will. Whereas the other one is like this woman, Jen, is like liking and tweeting and all this stuff about this woman's son, who, by the way, like, I didn't realize Brooks Marks, and I hope this isn't insensitive, but I didn't realize that he wasn't uh, openly gay. And no sh- no worries at all. Everyone comes out at their own time, and, and maybe he's uh, heterosexual and all that stuff. You know, I didn't even come out until I was 22. So no shade at all to that. I just, I thought that was part of the thing last season, but maybe I must have missed it. Anyway, so Meredith's already mad at Jen, and I think she's got good reason. She's sticking up for her son, but Lisa just wants healing. She said, I want healing. I love this. And she's, there was this weird moment where uh, they were saying to each other, I think Jen said to Lisa, I'll go to jail for you. I haven't been to jail yet. And she sort of laughed it off, and I, I got the chills, you guys. I was like, she's going. She might be going. I don't know. I can't believe they left it in. You know those Bravo people love that line. When they discovered that line, uh, I just imagine the editors had like a big party in the in the editing bay. Uh, okay, so then we cut to Meredith's house. She's got a new house. She's got an adorable dog that she dresses up. I love that dog. And also uh, her confessional, Meredith's confessional, in that snake skin with the plunging neckline. That was a look for sure, an L-E-W-K. Not sure if I liked it, but it was definitely a look. It's definitely something. She was definitely wearing clothes that were shocking to the eye. And I think I liked it. I'm not sure. Did I like it? That snakeskin plunging neckline confessional. Did I like it? Let's say I did. Let's let's go with yes. And speaking of looks that I liked, Heather arrived in the ski gear. And she said something about Après Ski. And I had like one of those Raven Simone flashbacks where, remember that Bravo show called Après Ski? One of our one season wonders that, you know, come and go on Bravo. I love those one season, those one show. They get a, give a couple episodes. It's like our camp getaway. Get a couple episodes and then they're gone, never to be spoken of again. You know, we've never heard Opera Ski on this network ever since. And I, I guarantee you, we'll never hear the words Camp Getaway on Bravo. Uh, 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 never again. They're never going to reference that flop. But I watched every episode. I sure did. I sure did. Anyway, Meredith got a new home. Her and Seth are much better. She said they had a bad time last year. Seth is only at the house 50% of the time because he's also back in Ohio. Close to where I grew up, by the way. Seth is near where I grew up in Canton, Ohio. And that worries me a little bit because they've already had all these problems. And the fact that he's only there 50% of the time, I get stressed. I'm like, Seth, you need to go back to Utah. What are you doing in Ohio? Away from your wife and the kids. Anyway, Heather's stressed because her daughter's going to college. She's going. She wants to go somewhere in Cali. Heather went to BYU. And she just wants her daughter to be a good time girl. And I felt the same way. You know, I love Heather Gay. And I was just... I was feeling so much for Heather Gay because she said she was accused of being a good time girl in college and she wasn't. And I always feel like that's my biggest regret. Like I wish I was more of a slut in college, but again, I wasn't out until I was 22. And so I look back at my time in college and I'm like, man, I should have been a big slut because that's when you're supposed to do it. You should, I should have been a wild, you know, I had my fun with some nights out, but I wish I would have been more a slut because I think that that's when you're supposed to do it. 
So not that I want to encourage our youth out there, if any of the youth are listening to this program, uh, but that is my one, actually I have two regrets from college. The other regret is that I wore a cell phone belt clip. You guys remember those back in the early 2000s? I've told you about this before, but I used to clip my cell phone on a, a clip that went over my belt. So really my phone was like protruding out of my waistline. That's my other regret. So I'd, I guess you could say I had two regrets, the cell phone belt clip and then not being a big slut in college because that's when you're supposed to do it. You know, I was in Ohio closet. It was hard to be a slut too because I didn't want anyone to know I was uh, gay. So it was hard to be, you know, sucking dick around town because no one even knew you were gay. Uh, that's tough. Anyway, um, the dog on the table. What's going on in Bravo with these dogs on the table? I love a dog. You know, I love a dog. But it seems like on The Real House in New York, every episode we're seeing dogs on the table eating the food. And now here on Salt Lake City, the dog uh, was hopping on the table too. It's like dogs are not supposed to be on the table. If you want to give them a chair, give them a chair or something. But they're all hopping up on the dinner table, and that's stressing me out. It's stressing me out. Okay. Then we cut to Whitney. She's in a bathing suit. She's with her uh, the kids. And the stepsons are about her age, or maybe even a little young or older than her. Uh, but she's wearing a Brooks Marks track suit, which I thought was really interesting. And she's rebranding to Wild Rose. And she said she's ready to make her own money and not give blowjobs for money. And I respect that. You know, she's hustling. Good for you, uh, Whitney Wild Rose. Really happy for her. I'm gonna, I'm loving Whitney this season too. I just feel it in my bones. The way that she got the chills over all that Jen Shaw stuff. I have the no, f- chills. No. <laughs> I have the fucking chills, you guys. The way she got the chills, I was like, I'm going to love her all season. I know it. I know it. But the thing that was making me laugh so hard was when she was doing the cake. And they were having a foam party, too, with the family, which is a wild I, a thing for the family. You know, when I'm back home in Ohio with my family, we're having a barbecue outside. We're never doing a foam party, but I'm going to recommend it. I'd be nervous, though, of doing a foam party at my parents' house with all the dead critters around. You know, I wouldn't want to be waddling through the foam and all of a sudden find a squirrel. That would stress me out. Uh, but she kept trying to bring the cake out and kept falling. Ah, oh, you guys, it was making me laugh. Every time and she dropped it again, she was so drunk. I loved it. Loved it. Then we cut to Sister Mary. Sister Mary at the church. She's doing a live podcast. Now, a lot of housewives have done podcasts. We know they've come and gone, so many of them. So we hear Vicki Gunvalson's got a podcast. Three months later, it's never to be heard from again. Does she still have, maybe she resurrected it or something, but I feel like a lot of these housewives podcasts, they come and go, they don't realize how much work it is. It's not so easy. It's not so easy. Uh, but uh, Sister Mary's doing one. And at first I was skeptical. I thought, I can't believe we're going to get another housewives podcast. And then when I saw the recording of it, I was immediately going to subscribe because it's got everything. It's got everything. It's crazy. They did a prayer to start it. They did a literal prayer to start it. And I say that as someone who does a weird cool-down meditation at the end of my podcast, but I could not believe my eyes and ears that they were recording just a prayer at the beginning. And Mary said the reason she started a podcast was because she was talking to herself, and they showed all that footage of her from last season talking to the mannequins in her closet. She thought, why don't I get a podcast? I'm talking to the mannequins. And she's not wrong. She's not wrong. If you're talking to mannequins, maybe you should talk to a microphone instead, at least earn some ad dollars. Do you get what I mean? So I was happy that she decided to get behind the microphone. And then uh, I was a little upset, though, that she brought these other people in. And she was being a little rude to them. Like, they were starting to open up the podcast. They were saying, like, talking facts of life with Mary. Let's pray. And then Mary, like, stopped them. And she's like, nope, I'm going to take over. Um, But they do, like, a little bless our podcast, bless our first lady, and let our spirit rise, they were saying. That was, like, the opening prayer. And then... uh 
it was good. They also showed that photo of Rosemary Cosby with Jesus, which I'll never get tired of. That just uh, weird. I don't know if it's oil painting. Some uh, it's some weird photo of Rosemary Cosby and Jesus. And honestly, I'll never get tired of it. I love it. It's the best image I've ever seen in my whole life. I love it. Uh, and then Mary asked the guest if he ever did drugs, and she revealed that she smokes blunts or did once. And she said, "I can't remember what I was doing when I smoked a blunt." And so I, I, I love that Sister Mary's telling us about her drug use. I'm into it. This is the kind of thing I want from a podcast. You know, on Potomac last week, we saw the Green Eyed Bandits recording their podcast. They were talking about marriage or something. I was like, eh, whatever. Now that I'm seeing Sister Mary talking about doing a blunt, that's all I want from a Housewives podcast. I need to see Giselle and Robin talking about smoking blunts and saying prayers. Like, that's what I want now. Anyway, Sister Mary said she doesn't feel like she fits. She doesn't trust human beings I just, I think she's interesting. She said, I was born for God. She seems funny, honestly. I love her. I'm very nervous about what's to come because it seems like the cult allegations are going to come out. You know, that's going to happen. And that's going to be a tough road for us all to cross. We're going to have to find out that we can't uh, support this woman. And we're going to have to have to realize that we can't like her if she's, I, I don't know. We'll have to find out. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I, we're, we're judging it by the TV show and it seems like it's coming out, but we're going to wait and see. We're going to wait and see. Then we cut to Jenny. You guys, Jenny's the new housewife. Lisa arrives there. They're friends. Their kids are friends. When Lisa arrives, she's like, I'd love a Diet Coke. And you know, I love a Diet Coke gal. That's why I think I'm loving Lisa too this season. I realize, you know, she's a Diet Coke drinker. My favorite kind of women are Diet Coke drinkers. And so, uh, yeah, that was that moment where Lisa's like, she brought her kid over and she's like, tell Jack how you got out of Vietnam. And then Jenny tells that really intense story and, and Lisa, that's intense. Love that. You know, she loved that. <laughs> Jenny, oh my God, this was the best part about Jenny. So she talked about the husband. She talked about the husband and she said he was really good looking. Really good looking. But only from the neck down. <gasps> you guys. I have the no. chills. No. <laughs> when she said she, the husband was only good looking from the neck down and then they showed the pictures of him. You guys are going to believe it. She, only from the neck fucking down. Could you imagine saying that about someone on TV about your loved one? Oh my God, I couldn't believe that. I could not believe that she said it in the camera. And just, it was as if it was nothing. And imagine if your spouse was saying that or your significant other was saying that on TV. I'd be ashamed. I'd be so embarrassed. I'd put a paper bag over my head for the rest of time. Because, uh, you know, my significant other said they think I'm hot from the waist down or the head down. Actually, maybe that'd be a compliment. You know, I've never had the body I wanted. I've had body issues for my whole whole fucking life. So maybe that'd be a good thing. Anyway, uh, let's see. What else is going on? Oh, Jen Chalet, her mom, and the aunt who smelled like hospital. I went to Jen Chalet, the hospital aunt. Ugh, I totally forgot about the hospital thing. That happened in the season one premiere. These Salt Lake City women, they know how to give it to us. More than any of the franchise, they're given to us. I forgot that in the series premiere, there was an accusation of a woman smelling a hospital when she was getting her legs amputated. And now we're meeting the aunt, you guys, full circle, full circle. Jen also didn't know her son's age. She needed a calculator app, which made me laugh. And Jen's mom sounds like Jen, didn't she? I feel like they have the similar voice. Anyway, then we cut to the lunch at an echoey greenhouse. I loved when Heather ordered. Always show me Heather's orders. Heather Heather Gay was ordering from the restaurant. I need to see that all the time. Um, Meredith reveals that her father passed away, which she was crying. I was crying then. And then Heather and Mary were saying they both lost their dads too. And I was sitting there in tears. I was so sad. <laughs> 
that sound effect is so bizarre, isn't it? Anyway, it was so sad that they were talking about losing their dads, and then Mary blessed the food, and it just seemed like a really sweet moment. But Heather reveals that she hasn't spoken to Jen or Lisa. Now, Jen called Heather a racist. I, uh, she, uh, did she tweet it? I forget. I wrote in my notes, but I don't remember how it was said. Was it a tweet, or did she like a tweet, or what happened? I'm not sure, but she called her a racist. Now, Mary said that Jen also called her a racist. They showed the footage from last season. And I don't, there's a lot of racist accusations because I believe in social media that Mary then called Heather a racist recently. This wasn't on the show. This was like a social media thing. And so there's just a lot of race allegations. And I'm not sure what that all means. I guess we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to go to BroadfootTV.com to find out more because I'm not sure. I haven't seen anyone be racist on this show quite outright. I haven't seen Heather Gay be racist, but we'll see. We'll see. And then Meredith, uh, she says that Jen called Brooks a twink. And, you know, that's all that the tweet stuff about Brooks Marks. Brooks is really getting the mix. And I, I'm i interested in seeing what happens with all this Brooks stuff. And I like, to be honest with you, that Meredith is riding hard for her son. Because I would, too. My kids, my family, I'd ride hard for them. Anyway, Whitney says, how would Lisa feel if Jen went after Lisa's kids? But also, did you notice Whitney, when she says feel, she says Phil? She said, how would Lisa feel if Jen went after Lisa's kids? How would she feel? <laughs> Phil, F-I-L-L. Anyway, then we cut to Meredith's house. They do a Shabbat dinner, which was so much better than the Real in New York Shabbat dinner, wasn't it? That Roni Shabbat was really one of the most terrific scenes I've ever seen on television because women were acting so fucking inappropriately. I've never seen such, uh, such awfulness. Meredith's sleeves in this scene were very aggressive, and I loved them. Uh, Lisa comes over with the kids, and Lisa and Meredith talk about Jen. Lisa says Jen uh, has been mistreated, too. I just don't think it's the same thing. Uh, Meredith says it's different because Heather and Lisa are just fighting over that knowing each other in college thing. I like that Lisa and Meredith are in good terms because I like their relationship, and I want those two to make it up. Jen and Meredith, you know, I think they got a good friendship, and I like them both. Uh, but Meredith says she's got screenshots of Jen being mean to Brooks. And Meredith doesn't like that Lisa is siding with Jen in all of this. And so I get that. Uh, but they do make up. They end up having some Vita tequila and Manischewitz together again. Uh, Seth is there. I'm, I like Seth, too, you guys. I, I got a soft spot in my head for Seth. I don't know why. I think he's sort of cute, too. I don't know. I'm sort of a little bit attracted to Seth. Is that weird? It might be weird. It might be weird, but I'm kind of attracted to him. I said it. There, I said it. Anyway, that's the end of the episode. Next week, uh, we get a little Kumbaya preview where we see like the rest of the season. And I can't wait. I just want more. I need more because uh, I think it's fantastic. You guys, let's take a quick break here and we'll come back with more. Yeah. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping 
skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire, and you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important, uh, so that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Everything Iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Everything Iconic. Ah, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, We use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. I'm just feeling good. What a season premiere. I think the rest of the season is going to be fantastic. I want to recommend two shows. So if you're looking for something to watch, there's two things that I think are excellent right now. One is that documentary called Lula Rich, which is all about the Lula Row, like, I think that's how you say, Lula Row legging line that people sell on like Facebook and stuff. Now I wasn't super familiar with Lula Row, but I did, uh, I did know it from Facebook. Every time I log in, it's like people that I know from my youth, they're selling the Lula Row. And apparently it's like a big scam. You gotta watch this documentary called Lula Rich. It's on Amazon. Amazon Prime, I believe. It's like a documentary series. It is thrilling, so crazy, so weird. Uh, just incredible. And I can't believe everyone's buying those fucking leggings. I mean, those ugly ass leggings. <laughs> Excuse me if you have them. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, I'm not a fashionista, but still even I was looking at those leggings and I was like, what the fuck? People were buying these ugly things. And then people were saying they were like butter, but then uh, we were also finding out they were just like disintegrating and falling apart. So I'm like, which is it? Can't believe people were buying that though and selling it no less. Selling it. But I felt bad for these people. They were all bamboozled by these Lula Row, this Lula Row family who was all in cahoots with each other, all allegedly. Uh, it was just fascinating stuff. And then I couldn't even believe that the people, they got to sit down for this documentary. Like the heads of the company sat down to do the documentary, which is all about how this place is bamboozling people. Shocking stuff. You gotta watch Lula Rich. It's called on Amazon. And then there's another show on Hulu. I don't know if I've talked about it in here before, but it's called Only Murders in the Building with my dear Martin Short and, uh, Steve Martin and Selena Gomez. I mean, what a cast. The three of them together. Whoever's idea it was to put the three of them together, raise, give them a raise because it's just three people that I love. And Martin Short, Steve Martin, two of the only good straight men that I, uh, like to watch on TV and everything they do. 
Everything they come out with, I will watch. I love and watch. Martin Short was great on Morning Show, too. The first season, if you've never seen it, he has like this kind of weird, scary character in Morning Show that I thought was fantastic. I think he was nominated or won an Emmy for it. Anyway, I, I think he's got a lot of great stuff in him, and I love everything Martin Short does. You know, my favorite is Frank from Father of the Bride. Hello! Uh, but really, I love it. All Martin Short, all Steve Martin. So uh, this is an excellent show. I think it's great. So check it out. It's sort of a murder mystery. It's based on a murder mystery. Or, or the whole show is about these people who listen to a murder mystery podcast and then try to solve a murder. It's really fantastic. So shall we get into Potomac? Let's hear a quick clip and then we'll uh, recap it. You because wide because wide you... Uh, you guys, the real house is the Potomac. I had said on the show that I think Candace was just waiting to let in on Ashley and Ashley also vice versa. They were waiting for Ashley to have the kid so the two of them could fight again because they hate each other. They despise each other. And they did. This week and last week, they were sitting down at Robin's birthday party, which Wendy and uh, Karen were not invited to. I was very upset about that. Because this is a cast show. I get that you're not friends, but you have to invite each other to group events, whether you like them or not. And I get it was Robin's birthday. And she's like, why are we going to have those two at our birthday party? And, you know, sometimes on this show, I come out and say, this is a reality show. It needs to be as real as possible. And then other times I say, we need to get all these women in a room together, whether or not they like each other. So I know that I'm sort of on both sides of the, that aisle. And I know I'm I'm telling you two different things, two opposing thoughts. But I do believe that all of the women should have been at Robin's birthday party. It would have been more explosive TV. However, I was happy that Candace and Ashley gave us this explosive moment. Although I didn't love the body shaming of it all. Let's talk about that for a second. She, uh, Candace was saying Ashley's wide, which I don't think Ashley's wide at all, first of all. Uh, second of all, it wouldn't even matter if she was. She just had a fucking baby. She should look however the fuck she wants. Okay. Um, but that sort of gross to me. There's a couple things that happened on Potomac that I, I don't love. We talked about last week or the week before the stuff about the husband. Like they're all kind of insulting each other for not having a man, which I don't love. And then there's some body shaming stuff. But you know what? When we're all backed into a corner, it's human nature to just sort of say things that you know will hurt another person or below the belt. So on some level, I did understand these two hate each other and they were both body shaming each other. And was it right? No, it certainly wasn't right. But it also was reflective, I think, of human behavior. Uh, because unfortunately, people do say gross shit like that. Um, again, not saying that it's right. Because those two are just going on and on. Candy said Ashley had a wide forehead, which I got to say, they always, it's big celebrities. If you notice, they have big foreheads. They got big heads. The uh, thing about people on camera is they got big heads. It's like a known thing. I don't look it up. Like, people, the bigger the star, the bigger the head. And so, honestly, I was like, she should be complimented by that, because a big head is a good thing to be a star. Uh, but then uh, Ashley was talking about Candace's, I quote, dry-ass hair. And so they were going back and forth. They did, Candace did a, sort of apologize. She said, I called you wide body out of anger. It had nothing to do with your body. And, you know, uh, that was a step forward, I thought. She apologized. It wasn't great. But she did apologize. And they were just going below the belt. That's all it was. It was just like, let me see what I can say to piss you off. Because again, Ashley's not wide-bodied. She, uh, 
they all look great. They all look great. Whatever body they want to be in, let them be in the body. You know, especially these days. Don't you feel that way? Especially with COVID and all that's happened. It's like, whatever weight you are, who the fuck cares? Life's hard. A lot going on. I mean, earlier in the pandemic, we were all just sitting making banana bread every five fucking seconds. So none of us were necessarily looking how we wanted to look. Uh, but it is what it is. We're surviving. We're surviving. Uh, in the words of Reba McIntyre's TV theme song, With gentle hands and the heart of a fighter, I'm a survivor. We're a survivor. Okay, so that whole fight, uh, you know, it was just going on and on. And then after it had happened, Giselle was like, I need to give a toast to the evening, which was funny. She told Robin she's beautiful. It was like, after all these women were calling each other wide-bodied with dry-ass hair, they were like, let's do a toast. And then... Mia was like, now that we're all getting along, I want to invite you all to a goddess lunch. And it was like, they they weren't really getting along. Like, none of them were really getting along. And even Candace and Ashley making up, I don't feel like they fully made up. They were just sort of moving it along. But Mia's like, now that we're all getting along. Uh, But look, Giselle says she won't make amends with Karen. That's the big feud. And look, I do think Karen and Giselle on some level have this, they're in cahoots with each other on some level. I wouldn't be surprised if they sat down together. I was just talking to my friend Sarah about this. It's like, I wouldn't be surprised if they sat down together at the beginning of the season and said to each other, look, we're going to have this fight. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And maybe they plan a little bit of it. I don't think they hate each other as much as they show us on TV. But I still love it. It still doesn't ring too false to me. I enjoy it. Uh, but I do think these two are maybe in cahoots a little bit. And maybe it is purposeful. Uh, but Giselle says that Karen and Ray will be dead before she apologizes. Now, later in the episode, we do see the two of them make up. But I know when Karen sees that, when she sees Giselle say that she'll, uh, they'll be dead before she apologizes, that's going to piss Karen off. And that's going to be the whole plot of next season. I feel it. I feel it in my bones. That's what they're going to make the whole thing next year. And then Mia says, I have a message for you, too. That's how this whole thing even started, because Mia was like, I have a message for you. Karen's waiting on an apology. And that was shades of Alex McCord on The Real House of New York. Remember when she told Jill, or I think it was Jill, she walked up at a party and was like, I have a message for you. And it was so weird. It was so weird, and I loved it. I miss Alex McCord, that weirdo. I loved her on that show. Her and the husband, every time they were on screen, they'd give you that weird music like the ba-dum, 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 the Adams family. <laughs> oh, I love it. It sounded like this every time they were on screen. It was like, oh, this is an Alex and Simon scene. They're giving us the scary music. Anyway, then we cut to Karen. One of the funniest things I've ever fucking seen on these shows, when she was doing the Surrey County video... And David, when he, this man, David, he was like the videographer, I think, or the producer. And he picked her up and said, it gives a, a Surrey County feel because they were filming this not in Surrey County. And the Bravo editors were sure to let us know this is not Surrey County. And Karen at one point said it was a trial run, but then I don't think it was a trial run. I do think they used this footage. And Karen's a reason for that was, look, Surrey is within me. So wherever I go is Surrey. And she's not. <laughs> It's also, you guys, this whole scene was just the most ridiculous, hilarious. This is Housewives at its finest. This reminded me of early seasons Housewives ridiculousness. Like every little piece of this, the fact that we're doing a Surrey County tourism video, that fact that it's even happening on camera is like early seasons Housewives to me. And then the fact that it's not actually Surrey County. And then Karen trying to justify why she's not in Surrey County by saying Surrey County's within her. And then she's like on the fucking slide coming down and it was a tourist video. Ugh. 
She's just saying, visit Surrey. It was the funniest thing I've ever seen. And then, oh, when Karen's like explaining what Surrey has, this is a direct quote. She said, we got seafood on the water. She said, seafood on the water, ham. <laughs> Reminded me of 30 Rock. Remember in that episode of 30 Rock where Sherry Shepard's character is like, ham. Anyway, Karen's like, we got seafood on the water, ham and Trader Joe's. Which I know that was a mistake. It wasn't Trader Joe's. It was like some other Joe restaurant or something. But it was cracking me up of like the three things that the city's known for is ham, uh, seafood on the water, and a Trader Joe's. And honestly, I'd like to go visit. I want to go visit Surrey after seeing this whole thing. That's a, a landmark. They got ham and a Trader Joe's. And then Karen was explaining some of the other things it was known for. It was like peanuts, and they showed a, a footage of the peanuts. And I don't know why it was like this weird thing Karen said something about like peanuts are are cased in a shell or something. It was like, is that a selling point? Like, we all know how peanuts are come, don't we? I mean, I don't think anyone doesn't know how a peanut comes. And she's just like, yeah, they got peanuts. <laughs> doesn't every city have peanuts? I mean, maybe the peanuts are like extra special, I guess. They're maybe because how they're grown, are they tasting different? Maybe they're extra buttery or something. You know, I love a peanut. I love a nut. You know, I love, <laughs> that's what she said. He loves, I love a nut. Both uh, one to eat and one on a man. I love a nut. Okay, so then uh, we see the scene with Jizzy and the kids. And you know I love the daughters. Whenever Giselle sits down with the daughters, I love Giselle more. I love the daughters. They're always giving it to her hard, though. They're not being nice to her. But she said she's done with Jamal. And I hope that's true, because this man is not a good man, apparently. It doesn't seem like he's very good. I do not care for Jamal. And so I hope that Giselle does move on and finds a man that's worthy of her. Because this man, Jamal, she needs to just cut her losses. And even the daughters, I don't think, want her with Jamal. And so, you know, that's that's what I hope and pray for them. Then we cut to Chris. He's drinking at 4.50 p.m. while Candace gets home from doing some work. And this whole setup's not good because he's being the husbander. And he don't want to be the husbander, but then he also sort of does want to be the husbander. But it's not going to be good for their relationship. And I actually don't believe that any loved ones should be working together, not significant others. I don't even think any family should be working together. You know, my family, they all work together. My brothers work with my parents, and it's a big family affair back in Ohio. And I was the black sheep who was like, nope, I'm getting out of here. I'm flying the coop. Uh, because I don't think it's really that great. But especially, I think like immediate family, if your parents, kids, I think you could kind of get past it. But I don't think loved ones can. I don't think it's good for, like, in a relationship. I, so I think they need to cut their losses. I think Chris needs to go work elsewhere and let Candace hire a manager, whoever, assistant, whatever she needs. But I don't think that they should be mixing their business with pleasure because we're seeing all the, we're seeing it come undone before our eyes. And then Candace is worried because Chris is just drinking. And Chris says to her, you think my, uh, your stuff doesn't, it matters more than my stuff. He says, I'm working. And then they do a close-up of his drinking at 4.50 in the p.m. <sighs> this is bad. This is really bad. Bad news, Bears. And we're going to see it play out. Obviously, next week, we see on, on this coming attractions that Candace is shooting the music video, and Chris has got to leave the golf game or the cooking show or whatever the fuck he's doing to come to the music video setup, and it's a problem. And Dorothy, we see in the preview for next week, is on camera saying that uh, shit about, uh, about Chris. So it's not going to be good. It's not going to be good. He needs to get out. Leave, get out. In the words of Jojo, the singer. Remember that song? Get out. Leave. Right now. <laughs> I can't sing, but I just loved how she just shouted, leave! Like in the middle. It was like a call for help. I mean, uh, that song, you know that song by Jojo. 
get out, leave right now. Like she sang the other part, but then that leave part that she does in the middle of that chorus, she just shouts, leave. <laughs> and I think she was like a 13 year old girl. So I always think about like Jojo recording that song in the, in the studio and the producer just trying to tell her like, just shout, leave. Don't sing it. I, Cause I imagine Jojo was like, well, this is a song, right? So I should sing the word leave, you know? So she's in the recording booth and she's like, leave. <laughs> I can't sing. I'm sorry for the impression. But then the producer's like, no, don't sing it. Just shout it. And so she would do it and she'd be like, leave. And they're like, no, shout it more. And she's like, leave. And then that's the take they used. <laughs> so stupid. So stupid. That's a song. That's a song, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not sure if it won a Grammy, but it deserves a Grammy. I love this. Like, leave. Get out. Leave. Right now. <laughs> okay, where were we at here? Oh, Wendy and Eddie in their yard. Ah, you guys, it was crying this scene. They wanted to talk to the kids to protect. The, they kept saying, we got to tell our kids uh, about all of the police brutality and everything. They said they want to protect their innocence. But in this day and age, they have to have the talk. And uh, it just broke my heart. It is. I mean, the way that they were phrasing it about like having to break their innocence. Just so sad. The world needs to be better. The world needs to be better. We can't. The world needs to be better. Then we cut to Ashley and Karen. Karen said something about wanting to be called Diamond. And I'll be honest with you, like something was happening with my internet. So it was kind of going in and out during this scene. So I'm sorry. So all I caught was that she wanted to be called Diamond. And again, I don't know why or what that was about. uh, But I would like to refer to Karen as Karen Diamond Huger from this point forward. Did she say Diamond or Diamonds? And unclear. It was all unclear. Again, the internet was cutting out. But I will be calling her Karen Diamond Huger for the rest of time. For the rest of time. So then we cut to this goddess lunch. And they all looked really nice. Candace was giving us some Diana Ross hair. She's filming two music videos. Uh, Drive Back is one of them. Everyone's going to be in that except for Ashley. And I loved how they brought it up at the table because they were like, is everyone in the video? And Candace's like, yeah, everyone's in it. And they were like, even Ashley? And she's like, well, no, not Ashley. And Ashley was sitting right there. And Ashley's like, I don't want to be in the fucking video. <laughs> they just hate each other so much. But I love how Candace is like, yeah, everyone's in it. And they're like, oh, yeah, Ashley? Nope, not her. Not her. Uh, but Mia brought up at the table, she said, we're going to go around this table and say what we love most about everyone. And I fucking love when they play these games. They're so incredibly insane. But they remind me very much of my high school years because I was class president. And student council was like my fucking life. Like, I, I loved it. I loved it. And I was going around because I wasn't having sex with people in high school. So I was going around at group functions while other other kids wanted to drink and make out with each other. I was like, let's play a game, like a leadership icebreaker activity. Like <laughs> Every fucking time we were sitting around, I remember being in my friend Katie B's house and we'd be sitting in the basement and we would be able to drink in the basement. We'd all have all these beers and I'd be like, let's play an icebreaker game. And they're all like, no, we want to make out with each other. And I'm like, not interested. <laughs> I'm not into it. Uh, Let's play an icebreaker. I wasn't having sex back then, so what else was I supposed to do? Icebreakers were all I had. Anyway, Karen said uh, she learned to laugh at herself because of Robin. She compliments Robin. And then Robin's complimenting Wendy. She said, I love the passion you have for your family. And then she says, I'm going to keep it short and just end there. (laughs) That was was, Robin made me laugh there. I'm going to just end it there. Uh, And then we all sort of make up Giselle and Wendy eventually make up with uh, each other. Karen sort of makes up with Giselle, although Karen did say that Giselle wants to destroy families. Or no, Giselle said that about Karen. 
And then Giselle revealed about the binder. She said none of that information that Monique had at the reunion last season was new to her. She knew months before, but she said, I'm never going to engage with people who do research on me. And I was thinking, Giselle, like, that's literally what you were doing about Wendy. You know, like you did research on her a little bit. The family, I know it was in blogs or whatever, but it was like weird double standard of Giselle being like, I'm not engaging with someone who does research. But Karen apologized to Giselle for the children's situation. And then they show us a montage of Karen and Giselle apologizing to each other. And they're having a clean slate, but this is not going to be a real clean slate for long. Because again, Giselle said that thing about Karen and Ray dying in the earlier in the episode. And you know Karen's going to see that and she's going to be pissed. Karen Diamond's Huger is not going to be happy about that. So they decide to be in a clean slate. All the women are getting along at this point, but it's not going to last because we're going to be throwing Sal in it a week or two. I don't know when that happens, but they're throwing salad at each other very soon. Looking forward to that. Uh, next week, we get the drive-back music video. We get to learn more about Michael, uh, Demon Darby, in the movie business. And I want to know more about Demon Darby in the music uh, in the movie business, because I don't think that's quite a good idea. I don't think that he needs to be producing movies, but I want to see what kind of movies he's going to be producing. And we see Ashley telling her family, like, hey, my husband Demon Darby is going to be producing films. And they're all sitting there thinking... That demon shouldn't be producing films, but I can't wait to find out more. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. Very, very excited. So that's this week's episode of The Real House of Potomac, you guys. It was a great episode. Lots of laughs. We're moving forward. The women made up with each other. Can't wait for more. Loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Loving it. I have the no. chill. No. Just talking about the... I'm just so happy. I feel satisfied. I don't know about you guys. You just listened to me talk for a fucking hour about The Real Housewives, but I feel so good. I feel like I got a lot out of my chest. I feel like I just had a good therapy session talking about these women. You know, when the episodes are good, there's nothing I love more than getting behind this microphone and recording, recapping, because there's nothing better. When the episodes are shit, though, sometimes I'm like, ugh, I got to talk about that. You know, so I try. A lot of you got mad at me because I didn't cover the end of the last season of The Real Houses of New York, but I find that if I get behind the microphone and talk about the things that I don't like, I feel like there's not a good energy behind it. I feel gross. So that's why I try to cut our losses. If I'm not feeling a show, I cut my losses and I leave it. I know some of you get upset. You say, well, you promised recaps of that show and then you just cut it uh, at the end of the season. And so that's what we did with New York, but I wasn't feeling it. I didn't want to just get negative behind a microphone for an hour every week. You know, I just wasn't feeling it. So we touched on it. We didn't give it up completely. 
but that's where my head's at. You know, I try to, I try to follow where the good TV is. And so, you know, that's what we're doing. And right now we got lots of good TV. So we got a lot ahead. We got Vanderpump Rules coming. We got the Winter House coming, which I haven't quite decided how we're going to do with those shows. I don't know if we're going to cover Vanderpump Rules, if we're going to cover Winter House, if we're going to do both. I think we might just pick one because it's a lot of shows. I don't know that I could handle all the shows. So we might have to pick either Winter House or VPR. I'm not sure. I'm sort of leaning towards Winter House a little bit. Maybe that's wrong of me. We'll see. We'll see. Might touch down on both. Anyway, uh, you guys, I love you so much for listening. Uh, again, if you want to support this podcast, go to Patreon, patreon.com slash everything iconic. If you donate $4 or more per month, you get access to the bonus episodes. I do one a month. I'm recapping Sex in the City from the beginning. So September's bonus should be out soon within a week or two. Uh, by the end of the month, the next recap will be out. And then uh, shall we do our cheesy little cool down to have our little moment uh, where we relax and we breathe in. So just take a deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Let's take another deep breath in. Hold it. And breathe out. Because what a week in Bravo history. I love you all so much for listening. Stay safe, stay sane, and uh, we'll talk soon. Bye bye. <laughs>